Tonight on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to address a John Amanchukwu. Now I've talked about him before. He is a pastor of a church. He is a uh, conservative and he actually is a Nigerian immigrant. Now, why all of that, you know, it's preliminary is because we, we want to cover a video where he decided to speak against what we need as black Americans, but to give just a little uh, background on him, you can see his, I guess X cause I know Elon Musk has gotten rid of the Twitter bird and now he's calling it X. Um, so yeah, that's just something different he's doing. Actually that's pretty good. Cause you know, you get rid of the Twitter bird, then it, it changed the whole site completely. But anyway, so this is his page. And I, I, as I was looking at his page, I had noticed something at the bottom where it talks about turning point USA faith contributor. And if you don't remember turning point USA, you can see it here. Now this is Charlie Kirk here. And you know who Charlie Kirk is. He is a rabbit, 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 anti-black white supremacist for sure. He has established himself as that. So John here decides to go to a school board meeting in Temecula, California. Now we're going to cue this up and we're going to just let it play. And I'm going to stop it in places I may agree with him on. And I'm definitely going to go in on him why I don't agree with him on. You know, I like to be fair no matter if I even disagree with someone. So let's go ahead on and put this up. 10 things that black students don't need. Now my issue right off the gate with him is sir. Why do you feel that you could speak on black students when that's not really your lineage? So you don't really know what we need as black Americans. You can kind of see some things, but you don't know the historical issues that we have. You don't because you wouldn't go up there talking about what black children don't need, but let's continue. Number one, we don't need affirmative action. Number two, we don't need equity. Affirmative action. I'm gonna have to agree with that because affirmative action was nothing but a finesse. That's all it was. And, um, so I'm good. I'm good with that going away. Uh, equity. That's another word the Democrats use to, to finesse and, and not give us nothing. So whatever. Number three, we don't need to be pandered to. Number four, we don't need you to dumb down test scores in order for us to thrive. Number five, we don't need a school system promoting victim mentality. So I can agree with him on the pandering because the pandering don't really turn into substance. Um, I definitely don't agree with him about this so-called victim mentality. And you do not give examples of what a victim mentality is because that is talking points from the white supremacists on the right. Oh, victim, you're a victim, 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 victim. Uh, they tell me that, Oh, you just preaching victimhood and victim, but you don't explain what victimhood is. But let me tell you something up front. I am a victim. I am a victim of white supremacy. My brothers and sisters that who's watching who are black Americans are victims of white supremacy every day. Yes, we're victims. Get it through your head. You are the victimizer, the white supremacists. We're the victims. And one thing we know about you that you don't like to hear the truth. That's what it is. You don't like to hear the truth about yourself, 
what you did in the past and even what you're doing in the present. You don't like it. This is why you're trying to get rid of history. The fact is you have victimized black Americans. Black Americans wouldn't be in the position they're in if you just went on your way. Let's say let's throw away slavery after slavery reconstruction. If you just left us alone, went your own way, do you let us do us? We wouldn't be even talking about it. Slavery would be just a distant memory. We doing our thing, but Oh no, you couldn't do that. Every time that black Americans do did for ourselves, built on our own, been our own doctors, our own nurses, our own architects, our own engineers, everything that we have done for ourselves, build everything up. You have always historically, and even into 2023 plot and plan to destroy the progress of the black man and woman of America. And then we point out what you've done. You telling us don't be a victim. Well, don't be a colonizer. Don't be a devil. How about that? Leave us alone. You have a thing in you where you can't stand to see black people self-sufficient. That's one thing I can tell you're not happy unless black people are begging you for a job, begging you for an opportunity. You can't stand to see a black business thrive. Let me tell y'all something. You want us to see how white supremacy work? Hey, create a business, create a high scale business. Or you don't even have to be high scale. It can be just a, a successful business and don't let nobody know you own it. And then after it's so successful and all the folks in there have spending so much money, then you pop up one day and say, where's the owners? Oh yeah. He he's right there. She's right there. And it's you. They will look at you. They love the place, love going there, spending thousands of dollars there. But the moment they find out you own it, they go leave. That's how much they have a demonic hatred for you. You in your own neighborhoods, what do they do? They try to gentrify you out your own neighborhoods. They don't want you over there with them, but they don't want you to have your own. Then if you go over there with they at, they have a thing, what they call it? White flight, right? I'm a firm believer of this. At one point in time, I used to not agree with this, but I'm a little different about it now. Cause see, I understand that with politics, they give them all the resources. And it says you're going to deprive black people of resources in their community. I think all the black people need to move to your community, all of them move to your community. And if you run somewhere else and the resources go with you, well, we going to keep following you everywhere you go. Cause the resources going over there. How about that? Until you say, Hey, stop uh, uh, depriving them of resources. Everywhere we go, they following us. We can't have nothing. Cause they showing up. You doggone right. Because if you're going to deprive us of resources, then we need to go get it. Why should we be sitting in any kind of neighborhood with no resources and you got it all? No, we need to go over there and get it. Why not? We got to think a different mindset sometime, y'all, on these things. You don't want us in your neighborhoods? Well, then give the same resources to the black neighborhoods as you got in yours. But we are constantly victims. George Floyd, he was a victim. Michael Brown, a victim. Rakia Boyd, a victim. Sandra Bland, a victim. We can keep naming names all day long. Look at the three elderly brothers and sisters who was trying to get reparations for, for what happened in Black, Black Wall Street. Victims. And y'all so wicked. You so wicked 
to 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 the core that you claim that oh y'all don't deserve reparations, y'all didn't even go through slavery. Well, those three people went through Black Wall Street and they're still alive, and you won't even give them reparations, and they suffered it. So that that right there proved to me and all other Black people is not about who's alive and who suffered what. The fact is, you have a, a immense demonic hatred for the black man and woman and that's okay but one thing we're never going to do is shut up we're going to always remind you of who you are and what you've done to us you want us to be quiet pay reparations make it right stop having black people living underneath an authoritarian regime while you living under a so-called democracy then maybe we can be quiet about it leave us alone or if we somewhere, leave us alone. Don't come over there. Don't send your police over there. Leave us. Just leave us alone. Trust me. If you will leave us alone, things will be better. But you can't do it. And it's not that we want to be around you like that. We're not begging to be around you. We go over here. We're having a good time. Here you come. We didn't call for you or nothing. Here you come. You cannot stay away from us. Even in the continent of Africa. No matter where we at. You come in. I'm telling y'all, they got more of them on the plane going to the continent of Africa than black folk. Every time I've went, they cannot stay away from us. But let's continue. Number six, we don't need the soft bigotry of low expectations as we have heard from other people. We don't need, number seven, critical race theory or intersectionality. I don't know anybody out here who's asking for low standards or low test scores. I've never heard of a single black person say, oh, I hope they lower the standards. Oh, I hope they lower the, the requirements for my child to get in. I've never heard that in my life. That is some old white supremacist speech that this man is saying. And he ought to feel ashamed of himself. He should feel a complete shame of his freaking self for saying something like that. But he don't care because he feels that he's different than me and you who are black American. He's mentioning critical race theory, right? Which these idiots, critical race theory was only taught at the collegiate level, but they got to make a black boogeyman always because the only way you can really unify the white supremacists is you got to, they have to come together on, on a black boogeyman or a black boogie woman. Outside of that, they're fighting each other, just like Russia and Ukraine. You understand? They don't have no black boogeyman to, to, to unify on, right? So when they, when they don't unify on attacking black folk, they fight each other. That's been their history. If you study European history, they always fought each other. This is really a recent thing for them, that like to really just be so unified against black folk. Because they realize, wait a minute, hold on, we actually can do something with this. We just got to keep them unified against black people. But anytime we remove from the room, they used to see the, the 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 crap they do to each other. It's horrible. We don't be in them enclaves where they be at and look at what the things they do to each other. We're nowhere around. That trust me, they need us around to keep them uh, to keep them halfway not not doing themselves in. But. This man here who come from Nigeria, who don't know anything about what he's talking about. He's just parroting what he hear Charlie Kirk and the rest of them say, like, how do you come from the African continent of Nigeria, a country that was colonized 
by, by the white supremacist. Your country is still in dire straits to this day. It is. And I, a lot of Niger- let me tell you something. A lot of Nigerians have told me to my face, you don't want to go to no Nigeria. That place horrible. That place suck. Look, look at what they did with the, you know, the, while the kids were protesting in SARS. Listen, the worst commentary I've heard about Nigeria came from Nigerians to my face. You know, Nigerians have told me, don't go there. And if you do go there, go there with a Nigerian because they, all they're going to try to do is scam you. All they go, I'm telling you what I, not, other Nigerians have told me. I haven't been to Nigeria, so I can't even say I got a true opinion about Nigeria itself. But Nigerians over here, they have a disdain for, for Nigeria. So why isn't he talking about the issues in Nigeria and say, hey, well, how can we make Nigeria a better place? For our kids. No, he's worried over here trying to harm our children. Let's continue. Number eight, we don't need reparations or any more welfare states. All right. Now he now he went there by reparations. He says we don't need reparations, right? Who are you as a Nigerian immigrant to say what my brothers and sisters in America need? We don't go to Nigeria and telling y'all what y'all don't need. Matter of fact, y'all wouldn't even put up with it. Not even two seconds. Y'all call everybody a foreigner. And if any quote unquote foreigner speak on your politics and your issues, y'all pissed right off the bat. You're pissed. So why wouldn't we get upset with you coming into this country? And it wasn't been for black Americans. You wouldn't have been here. Because if you track immigration into this country prior to the immigration bill in the 60s, Nigerians wasn't being allowed over here. Not at all. They had came over. They got to do good for themselves, even though we know they've been hand, a lot of them have been handpicked. We understand that. They picked the best of the best out of Nigeria, creating a brain drain out of Nigeria. And, and instead of leaving the smart people there to fix the country, they, these uh, Western countries have been just plucking all the good people out, not just America, but all through Europe and all that. And now they don't have many people there who are smart and they're constantly looking for the smart ones. They give them free scholarships. If y'all don't know to come to American universities, they won't give you a free scholarship like that unless you are just exceptional, but they easily offering them because they prefer more of them because they, you know, they can indoctrinate them. They can't indoctrinate a doc. Uh, the descendant of the slave, because even if they try, eventually that ancestor gonna tap them in the back of the head and say, "Hey, hey, hey, hey nah," and they they may snap too like this and like, "Oh shoot, no, nah, what is going on here?" But for you to say that we don't need reparations, why you feel you we don't need reparations? Why? You don't know our history, you don't know our condition, everything that we've been through. Yes, we need reparations. We need reparations. Like we need a morsel of food. We need reparations. Like we need air to breathe. We need reparations. Like we need a car to drive or a job to work or lights in our home. Yeah, we need reparations. And let me tell y'all something, the new strategy, and I'm repeat this and it can constantly repeat this. The new strategy of white supremacy is to use non white immigrants to speak their messages. So they can hide behind John here and say, I didn't say you didn't need reparations. John said it. It's him. He's black like you. And see, he said you didn't need reparations, right? 
And then when they get the backlash, the white supremacists don't get the backlash. They sit in the background. Ha ha ha. See, Ooh, it ain't me. It's them. I keep my job. I keep my business, but him, Oh, he going to deal with them, them black Americans. And at the same time, I'm, I'm continuing the diaspora war. So it's twofold. I got him to speak for me. And I also continue the diaspora war that we started the white supremacists. Cause yes, the white supremacists did start the diaspora war. And that's just really what it is. How the white supremacists started diaspora war, bringing in known people who are raccoons in their homeland, make a deal with them to say, Hey, you come here. You gotta be, you gotta be with us and being with us. You gotta be against them. Stay away from them. Hey, okay. I got a problem staying away from them. I just want to get over here and they come over here. Right. And now you got a, a person who's a straight anti-black racist. They can look like me, black features and all, and an anti-black racist. One telltale sign of an anti-black racist. You can say black America. I ain't no black American. I'm a Nigerian. Don't call me that. Really? Last time I checked in this country, people label people by color here. They don't, they don't label each other by nationality. I ain't black. I'm Dominican. Don't call me. Really? Okay. You know what I'm saying? And they don't say it as to like just identity. A lot of times when you hear them say it, listen to the spirit of how they say it. Not to say identity. I'm okay with somebody saying, no, no, no. I'm not from America. I'm from Dominican Republic. Oh, okay, cool, cool, bro. Well, how's Dominican Republic? You know, there's nothing wrong with saying that. But it's just the spirit behind, I ain't them. Don't call me that. I'm better than them. You know what I'm saying? I'm not those Akatas. So no one that can come over here has a right to speak on our reparations, period. I won't listen to it. I won't entertain it. And let me tell you something, John. All them little folks is clapping for you. They're not going to be there when you get the smoke. Because I'm a firm believer of this. Black Americans need to need to give the smoke to anybody. I don't care who they are. Anybody that's against reparations. Because to me, you're an anti-black racist. If you want to speak for them folks, you need to get the smoke them folks going to get. The same smoke. Don't let his skin color fool you. Don't let anything he say fool you. You are nothing but a white supremacist. Well, let's continue. Nine, we don't need to be propped up as the darlings of the LGBTQ community as Dwayne Wade has done with his son, Zaire. Number 10, we don't need white liberals telling us that they know what's best for us than we know what's best for ourselves. I don't really know what you're talking about about the darlings of the LGBT community. Black people on the darlings of no LGBT community. What are you talking about, sir? You're just talking out your head for your white supremacist audience. Now, I do agree that white liberals, you know, should not be walking around here thinking they know what's best for us because I always say the white liberal is no different than the white conservative. They both support white supremacy. They just got a different way of enacting white supremacy. So no, 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 no. I, I mean, like I said, the white liberal has, has been the biggest deceiver ever of my people. And I'm always fighting every day to uh, unravel the satanic deception that's upon my people that chokes them out like a choker chain, unfortunately. Now, a lot of you have responded to what you have heard from this man. And I want you to hear his response to a lot of you. So let's go ahead and run that. John Armand here. I recently found out five things. 
As a result of speaking out at the Temecula, California school board, people are angry because I told the truth and I make no apologies. Number one, I found out that I'm a white supremacist. Number two, I found out that I'm garbage. Now, I've never heard of black trash. <laughs> yes, sir. You are a white supremacist. If you are speaking like a white supremacist, if you are advocating white supremacist talking points, then yes, you are a white supremacist. You don't, it don't matter what color you are. You can be black as night and still be a white supremacist. You just black in skin, but you have the mind of a degenerate white supremacist devil. And that's why people called you a white supremacist. You are one, sir. Don't get upset with that. That's what you are. And people called you garbage because, sir, that's what you're peddling in. You're peddling in garbage. If you are repeating what the white supremacist is saying about black people, then you're garbage. You're trash because the white supremacist is garbage and trash. So, yes, I guess they called you black trash, and that's what you are, sir. Why are you bothered by that? I mean, it's just an accurate ass assessment of what you have been doing. I mean, and you're supposed to be a so-called man of God, but don't the Bible teach that you have to give justice to those and say who need justice. Didn't the Bible teach to treat others the way you want to be treated? I guess you didn't read none of that part of the Bible at all. Right. You, you, I guess you are siding with the devil and there's been many sided with the devil. I guess you, you, you took that part of the Bible, but let's continue. Number three, I found out that I'm a non foundational black American, whatever that is. Number four, I found out that I'm for the white devil. I mean, these people are shameless. I mean, well, they're correct. I mean, you are not considered a foundational black American. You're not. You didn't come from the slavery fields of America. Your descendants didn't come from that. You didn't build America. You didn't do anything. You immigrated here to this country after it was already built. So that means you cannot be a foundational black American black American, African American, whatever terms that you want to use to describe the descendants of slaves or the freedmen, you're not that. So they just point that out to you and say, since you are not a freedman, since you aren't a descendant of slaves or a foundation of black American, you have no right to speak on what we need, what we don't need. You have no right to speak on reparations or anything like that. And you surely don't have a right to come over here and assist our 500 year old enemy and tried to continue to destroy black America. That's why they told you that sir. And for them to say you raccooning cause you are, you are, I mean like, why are you upset with the truth? I thought you're supposed to be a man of faith. I thought that the Bible teach that let your yes be yes. And your no be no. I thought that the Bible teach that you are supposed to tell the truth at all times. And they're telling you a truth about yourself. You are a certified raccoon, sir. It's just bottom line. And it's sad because they do have some people in Nigeria who rock with black America all day long. They have Nigerians um, that should work, even work with my platform. You know what I'm saying I'm saying they, they great people. So you embarrassing Nigeria to be honest with you. You embarrassing them. Let's continue. Number five. <laughs> I found out that I must be married to a white massive. So as a result of not supporting critical race theory, intersectionality, and not wanting reparations and 
The soft bigotry of low expectations pushed upon blacks. I must be married to a white massa. Well, come here, white massa. I tell you what, it's hard being a white man. You know, I'm struggling. I'm having a hard time getting comfortable with this whiteness. Guess what? I'm coming to a school board near you. I'm not finished. I'm on a mission. And he also just now, as you heard, address, you know, people saying that he was married to a white woman. Now, I'm glad he actually did what he just did. Let me tell you why. He actually turned something on his head in a lot of y'all conversations with this. Y'all thought that didn't know that he was married to a white woman talking like that. And yet he got a whole Nigerian wife. I'm clear to see she's Nigerian. What a man, a woman says is what they say. Good, bad, and different. Now, can your spouse influence some things with you? Good or bad? Sure they can. But at the end of the day, you are your own person. You speak what you choose to speak. So, so is it now since he, you see he has a black wife. Well, I guess how are you going to deal with that one? Because those who said that you must have a white wife. That's why you're talking like that. Well, there you go. There's a lot of people who are raccoons that do are not married to white people. They're married to black people. I say judge the person based off of what they say and what they do. Because if you go off of what you got to be married to a black person or a black man, a woman, there's a lot of single black people out here talking to. And based on that, you say that only being married to a person gives you rights and authority to speak on things. Well, if we go on that, there's a lot of people that shouldn't be speaking because they're not even married at all. They even got people out here who's speaking and being the biggest advocate of telling black men who they should be marrying. And they're not even married to a black woman. They travel all over the world. All these black women, they're around, they're still not married to a black woman. But yeah, you'll be taught. Listen, show people how to, how a black family is supposed to be running uh, and, and, and have kids and do all that. Show people that. And then, you know, according to you, you should have been the biggest person with, with 15 kids. You know what I'm saying? So I judge a person who they are at the end of the day and what they say. Now, this guy here and, and everything that he did, he's not going to stop doing what he's doing. He's happy in what he's doing. He's getting a few pats on the head. He, you know, you have to understand some people in the African continent, they deify white people. Also in Nigeria, they got that big old statue of white Jesus. Huge statue of white Jesus, what they have over there. Some people in the African continent, some, well, we don't, we don't look at white people in the same way like y'all. Why y'all kind of hostile to white people? Why y'all treat them like that? And that's why they like going over there. It's because they go over there faking with them. They smile on their face. They spend money with them. Oh, like I said, we know how fake they can be. Oh, they could be so nice to you. And they faking the whole time. And so when they go on vacation, they faking, they nice, they spending money where they wearing their clothes, they dancing, they putting on the makeup, they doing everything they, they do and say, I don't know why black Americans so mean to them. I don't see y'all don't understand that mindset, especially if you never traveled over there. Some of them just don't understand because they never, and listen, I'm not mad at them. They feel that way. Listen to me. Why? Because they never had to deal with them like that. Even though, they are messing their country up and stealing their resources, but it's not directly. It's like they at indirect white supremacy they're dealing with based on control of their government, etc. That's how they indirectly control them. We have dealt with the direct.
uh, white supremacy in your face every single day. So yes, we're going to be a little bit more hostile toward it where they don't even see because they look at, Oh, we're our leaders. Oh, it's the government. It's our government. That's so bad. It's not the white people. It's our government. You understand? But if you know white supremacy, you know, their government is controlled by who the Western world, the white supremacists. But this guy here and people like him, y'all need to stay on his neck. Y'all need to not let him breathe an inch. He needs to either apologize to black America or just stay on him. Don't let up. Cause trust me, we have a way of staying on a person. Well, eventually he'll break. He will break because nobody can withstand our collective shame and collective pressure. Even the white supremacists bow down to our collective pressure. How many times did the white supremacists say, you know what? Okay. I'm throwing in the towel. The Montgomery bus boycott put pressure on them for a year. Economically. Would they say, okay, we changing the law. How many times have, have we even took to the streets had did the things that we had to do in uprisings? Would they say, okay, okay. We arresting the cop. We firing him. We putting him in jail, whatever y'all need. We, we going to do it. So if we know how to make the white supremacists bow the knee with pressure, who are you, sir? You light work actually for us to deal with. We know how to deal with people who are traitors. Cause that's probably what it is. You are considered a distant cousin, I guess. And you are a traitor to the, the global family. And if you are a traitor over here, you'll be a traitor in Nigeria too. But see in Nigeria, they'll deal with you. If you want to be traded like that, you know how they'll deal with your behind. They, they'll deal with you real quick. But let me know what y'all think about, you know, this uh, uh, so-called pastor here. Like I said, the, the big old black man, just a lackey for the white supremacist. Like I said, he's the kind of black person that they, that, you know, he'd be happy to go back in slavery tomorrow. If he can just take the position of Stephen uh, on the plantation, he'd be good to go right back.